0: Behind every great artist, there's a great band who help take the music from the studio to the stage. In each episode, I talk with some of the most accomplished and sought-after musicians in the world, delving into the details of their backgrounds, their stories, and their journeys, doing away with the fiction, and getting into the facts. It's not about the hype. It's not about the product. It's about the players. Yes, yes, y'all. Hope everybody's doing okay. Dodging Rona like Neo dodges bullets. This episode was actually recorded in the world pre-lockdown. Back in January 2020, I caught up with my man Darius Woodley. Amazing drummer out of NYC. He's played with people such as 50 Cent, Lauren Hill, Miguel, amongst a host of others. And on this day, he was talking to me about how it all got started. All right, boom, here we go. We are at um, NYC? Yes, sir. I've worked with Darius a few times on a few occasions when I've um, come to the States and needed an amazing drummer who would step up and do the job. <laughs> oh, man, I, I honored every time you call,
1: man. So, yeah. Honored
0: every time to work with you, bro. Nah, so I know how amazing you are Appreciate and how you. driven you are. So it's been great. And I thought this would be a great opportunity to kind of just chop it up, get to know a little bit more about you and actually find out more about your background, too. It's like this whole thing I'm trying to do It's also... For me, it's kind of like learning more about mm-hmm. each other and the people that you're working with and around. A lot of shit that yeah. you don't kind of know that you don't get to see sometimes Definitely. in the work scenario. So um, just start kind of somewhere at the top, man. How'd you get into playing? How'd you get into music? Yeah, man. So uh,
1: basically, like, I come from a musical background. My grandmother, uh, she played about five instruments, Wow! piano, you know, she played some drums. Uh, that's on my dad's side. My dad played drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his brother played piano. Mm-hmm. My cousins, they play instruments on my dad's side. Uh, he's a pastor as well. Uh-huh. So I got my start in church. You know, I mean, watching my older cousin, uh-huh. you know, play drums instantly. I just wanted to play drums, so my parents put the sticks in my hands early, mm-hmm. my dad. And then from there, I just ran with it. I played drums. uh started really, honestly, at the age of three. Wow.
0: Like, in church. Wow. Playing, like, for real. like. So this is interesting to me, because a lot of people say, oh, you know, I started playing in church, I started playing in church. And I think that, like... If you play in church, and you know mm-hmm. what that is, but people that don't, they don't, they always get kind of like a. Amaz- what does that mean? Like, what, yeah. it, what? It, so break that down for me. What would like a regular Sunday be? So for you?
1: basically, you know, I come from what you would call a Pentecostal church, uh, Church of Our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, it consists of you know lots of singing, mm-hmm. a choir. Basically, we would start with you know prayer, then we go into a musical segment, which is basically more so praise and worship. We call that praise mm-hmm. and worship, to so where you have a singer, a few singers, and would do songs sometimes rehearsed but you know more so in this day rehearsed but when i was coming up it would be you know just free for yeah, whatever yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. you know anybody saying you know testimony service somebody in the church would just open your mouth come out with a song just had to hop right on board and keep the tempo yeah, so like yeah, it was more yeah. so like spontaneous mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. everything for me in my early days was never really programmed and you know i just had to really be On point at all times, like with tempos, keeping the time, and at a young age, and trying to build my strength up. And that's where a lot of the issues were. I would get kicked off early because (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't, I wasn't strong enough to keep the time and keep the service flowing. So, you know. Be like, oh no, we gotta switch the drummer, so I would get tired of getting kicked off the instrument. Uh
0: uh So, you
1: know, whenever that would happen to me, I'd go home and practice harder, try to get my strength up. And I didn't, I lived in an apartment, so I didn't have a drum set, Uh so I would make up my own drum sets. Like, I'm like three, four years old, (laughs) taking pillows and all types of stuff, whatever I could find, tapes, yeah, yeah, beating up everything, making drums in my house until. I was able to actually, you know, get a real drum set. I had an electronic kit. Uh huh. uh -huh. My dad got me a little rolling kit. So I was able to have headphones, put music in my ears. So then I was like, all right, I could play the music that helped me get my timing up. Uh huh. So from uh early, I was always getting my strength and getting my timing up, which was two most important things for me. Yeah, yeah. Now that I learned, you know, having strength and timing. Yeah, absolutely. But I didn't know as a child, like, I was already developing the two most important things. So, like, it was already kind of destined, you know. I was working on two important aspects that I needed in, you know, what I do and and what I do today.
0: That's dope, man. I tell you, what's what's dope about that is it's like, I think people don't understand, like, when you come from that type of background, Mm -hmm. the the competitiveness starts early. That training starts early. Because if you're not on it, cats will be like, yo, you need to get off. Exactly, And that kind of, that helps kind of, that inspires you, that makes you drive to want to be better, Mm -hmm. you know. Um, Yeah. So then from there,
1: uh, I'd say at about the age of 10, uh my, my cousin at, who was the, the drummer at the church, uh he went to a whole nother church, mm-hmm. to a bigger church. So then I became the drummer full time. mm mm-hmm. At 10, I was able to hold it down by then. So then. But what
0: you mean like full time though? Like, because I'm sure you went to school and shit. <laughs> Not like I'm full time. Like, that's like every like, like
1: Sunday. Every Sunday. Like every, you know, every, yeah, Sunday, like every yeah. Sunday, like whenever there's a service, like I'm the there. drummer at the church. Like yeah, there's yeah, nobody yeah. else like playing drums. I'm yeah. There's nobody else that's coming into play. Like, <laughs> this is my church. That's <laughs> like, what's up. I'm the full time drummer here. Not getting paid though. It yeah. wasn't at the time. My dad's the pastor. So don't think, you know, at the time I wasn't getting paid. I'm 10. Yeah. I'm just happy that I could play drums. Yeah, yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? I lived in an apartment at the time. so. Mm-hmm. i don't have access to playing loud drums all the time so shoot every sunday i know i could come in and be as loud as i want yeah yeah and yeah. basically like practice
0: i think you the <laughs> thing that people like sometimes don't understand too is like um when you're from that type of background mm-hmm. the, the church is a big part of your social circle yeah. too like so like obviously i'm from la originally but i remember like i've traveled a lot because my family was musicians too so i was moving around not always but i remember like for me that was a big thing. Sundays, you know, you wake up, you go to church, and you yeah. hang out, then you wait for the next service, yep. and then there'd be Afternoon, like choir. Rehe- yeah, we would have like, like two or day. three services in a Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it's like, I'm playing all day. and that, But You're that's like- a part of what <laughs> yeah. your day is. That's just exactly. a part of like what you might do. Like some people might go to the park and play swings, do yeah. whatever other people might, might go swing. Then it might be like a the- guest
1: church comes who yeah. has other musicians. So I meet other drummers, yeah. other organists, and bass players. So it's like, you know, yeah, develop yeah. the relationship and stay in contact and then that's how we started to develop what we call now sheds uh-huh, uh-huh. You know what i mean so it's like oh it's a whole lot of musicians let's come together and do what we want to do and you know actually just play music uh-huh, uh-huh so somebody would get the keys to the church you know late night whether it be a friday night or saturday night we call up all the homies like yo we going to this church tonight we got two or three drum sets two bass amps two or two keyboards come so we started doing those and then from there That developed a more, like you said, competitive culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To where it's like, yo, like I gotta step my game up (laughs) so I could get respect around here. that's what the where I come from, New York. It was about getting respect.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean?
1: It's like you go to these spots, you like you would you would go to these spots, different churches, whether you play for a choir or whatever. It's like. You wanna be respected when you when you walk in that in that in that building. Of course. Anywhere. Of course. If you walk into an office, you walk into anywhere, you wanna be respected. So yeah, as a musician, yeah. it's like to get that respect uh initially, you gotta be on point at your craft.
0: So so peep though, so, so like so you um so obviously I'm imagining if you play in the church, mm-hmm. you're playing like hymns, you're playing gospel songs, right. you playing. So, so what sort of when did you start wanting to play other type of music? And what were the mm-hmm. first? You know, what did you hear that really inspired you to want to play things outside of yeah. that church realm?
1: So I say I was about, um, I was about fifteen. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, it started. It it started because of church. Mm-hmm. There was a gospel group around the city by the name of LaVray. Shout outs to to LaVray. Like, if it wasn't for LaVray, I wouldn't even be in any of this, you know, any position that I would be in. Um, It was a gospel group that came out of the Bronx. All of our, basically, is like a young group. All of our parents were musicians Mm -hmm. and pastors in the city. Uh, We got signed to MBK uh, Entertainment at the time. That was Alicia Keys' management. Oh, Wow. So, other artists were also on the label, like El Varner, mm-hmm. Gabby Wilson, mm-hmm. who was now her
0: Wow, wow. At, at
1: the time, so we we were signed to that label.
0: so you and you were like as a band or as a- we
1: were the band of the group
0: Wide, okay. so whatever okay.
1: wherever the group went, mm-hmm. the band went
0: right, right, You right. know what I'm
1: saying? So it's like
0: basically and that the was same at fi- thing, basically and that was at 15.
1: I was 15, yeah. Wow. So basically, wow. like, now, like, if you're working with an artist or whatever, they get a deal, boom, they mm-hmm. out. Wherever that artist is going, we out. Wow. So wow. that's how it was. Like, we ended up doing, like, at the time, we'll be high in gospel, Bobby Jones, mm-hmm. you know, things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Jake's um, Powder's House Conferences, things like that. Mm-hmm. We, did a, we did one album. Only one album. It went up for stellar nomination.
0: Wow! Um, wow. We, we
1: had artists such as ASAP Ferg on the album, Alicia Keys, um, Anisha Figueroa, Daddy's Tribute, uh, wow. Ty Tribbett's brother. Wow. You can check the album out on iTunes. Shout out to Lavray. Um, yeah. So yeah. because we were signed to that label, of uh, the band, we got recognition for our sound. Like yeah, the the group wasn't your ordinary gospel. We had an edgy urban sound Mm -hmm. so Jeff Robinson shout out to Jeff Robinson he's a manager uh CEO of MBK he gave me and the bros a shot like he used to have showcases for his artists Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. Gabby Wilson Latoya Luckett uh Jermaine Paul, Alicia Keys. Mm-hmm. He would allow us to be the house band.
0: Right, right, okay, okay. So
1: at like 16, 17 seventeen, I'm in the clubs with X's on my hands, so that they know, <laughs> oh, don't, don't let him drink.
0: Right, right, because he's right. young. But I'm playing
1: for all the artists. Wow. So I'm, I'm learning. I like, did not know that. Yeah, that's just how I got my start. So I'm, 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 I'm learning like five artist sets, like maybe like six or six, five artists doing five or six songs one night, two, wow. three hour shows in the clubs. Wow. B T wow. Music Matters then from there i started you know linking with people like omar grant at the time who was doing bt music matters here like the sob show so Mm -hmm. they would just call me i would do all of the artists for those like any artist that would come to new york at the time they would go through me basically so i would meet every artist at between 16 to 17 17 the year i graduated high school uh one of my best friends right now, uh his name is Sean Thomas, S Dot. mm mm-hmm. uh, great producer right now. He's produced for like everybody you could think of talking like I don't even want to get into mm-hmm. it. Like I mean just just you know you can what I'm look saying look him Google, up. Yeah, Wikipedia, S dot, Dying Pro. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Shout outs to him. Uh he had got a call to go into the studio with fifty Cent. Mm-hmm. Um and that was only just to play some keys over a record that was already done. Mm-hmm. By another homie of mine, uh, Buddha, Buddha and Grands, they are like one of New York's top prominent producers. Mm -hmm, Produced mm -hmm. for like 50, Jadakiss, or any New York artist. Mm -hmm. So because of the connection through the producers, Mm -hmm. my best friend was able to go in and play some additional keys on the record. Mm -hmm. At the time, 50 didn't have a band. Um, It was in in like transition, Nissan and Rapture and all of them. They were working with a lot of different artists. So Mm -hmm. things, I guess, you know, at the time, 50 just he didn't have a band he was doing shows with no band so my friend played the keys on the song then uh he needed bass mm-hmm. so of course he called another one of my friends mm-hmm. so from there the conversation started like man y'all y'all guys are pretty good like you you a band or something I'm like yeah this is the same <laughs> band from Levre,
0: right 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 <laughs> so okay. you
1: know what i mean so it's like yeah we're a band so he said all right i'm gonna go in overseas and when i come back in two weeks you know i want y'all to come to rehearse with me i want to try you know try some stuff out mm-hmm. we came to that very room room one we're in we're in wow. room three right now sir uh-huh we were in room one uh 2010 that's wow. 10 years ago mm-hmm. so this is a whole decade later wow actually now that i'm thinking about this wow we went or uh, had a rehearsal with 50 next thing i knew we had flights and our emails we went to Comar France which was our first show I think it was like a week later wow. ever since then we were wow. out every weekend with 50 and touring I was 17
0: wow. the
1: year I graduated high school was on my way going to Five Towns College so the year I'm beginning ready to go into college I'm touring the world with 50 wow. like, I went into college already <laughs> with a gig
0: Wow! and a scholarship Damn, so you, I mean, you were really deep in this. I mean, you already got 10 years just Mm -hmm. as a professional. That's even before talking about all the time you spent kind of grinding Mm -hmm. as a youngster, learning your craft, you know, practicing, whatnot. That's amazing, man. That really, really is. And it seems like there's a strong kind of like recording kind of like in studio side to Mm -hmm. your kind of like... I guess entry into all of this. Yeah, it yeah.
1: it started in the studios. I started meeting different producers. They would have me coming because my timing was so was mm, so good. Mm, I would mm. do a lot of like overdubs on records and I was young, so they would just have me come and replay a lot of the samples. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't understand at the time the business. I could, you know, get credit, but at the time, you know, it was like, "Shoot, you're giving me some bread." I'm like 15. I'm just going to replay this sample. Ah, uh, uh, cool. That's all you need me to do is listen to those drums and replay it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my name was buzzing off of that. So they was like, oh, when the 50 Cent gig came, my name in the city was already established because I was playing in the clubs. I was, all the producers knew me. So it was just like, yeah, he's ready. Hey, you know and it was like on the job training as well. Yeah, because yeah. Because I learned like the show aspect. Like my first real big show was like in front of 30,000 people. And- at the time, we didn't even have ears; we were still using monitors then. That's so it's like I, seen, I went through the transition of like using ears
0: and all of that. I tell you, I tell you what <laughs> jumps out to me too, though. I'm glad you said what you just said because I was just like, I was just listening to the rehearsal tape with um, with our monitor engineer, Raph, mm-hmm. and I was just sitting there listening, and I said to Raph, I, I said to him like, "Yo, Darius is so tight." I was like I was I was like I, was, that's just, that's, that's, I said I said yo he's so tight and I said because we you know we're using the samples from the record And I'm mm-hmm. like yeah I was like you know you can barely tell that this is actually played this could be programmed mm-hmm. and he was like oh yeah yeah and I was just like so I can that's a, I yeah. can I can hear that it's, quality it's in your playing yeah that's dope man that's yeah, man. dope and did, did you ever have any Obviously, again, people say I played in church, I did, mm-hmm. but did you ever have any kind of lessons or training? Like, how did you I learn went to, to play drums? I, went like, to, you-
1: I learned honestly by I was self taught just man, doing it, literally just doing it, watching. Mm-hmm. I was surrounded, you know, I was surrounded by it. So, and then my dad surrounded me by it once he saw that I had a passion for it. Mm-hmm. He bought me tapes, so mm-hmm. I used to just watch. Dennis Chambers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all day. Dave Weckl, yeah. Steve Gadd. He he brought like because he knew that I like drums. Right. He didn't let me watch church drummers. Right. He right. let me watch the outside. Like so, I was into Billy Cobham. I was into right. well, at the time. Those were the guys. Yeah. I'm a yeah, young kid. Yeah. I'm like six, four, five coming up. So like those were my influences coming up. So it's like fusion, these type music mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and abstract, and you know, make being and having the presence, but still having the groove in the pocket you know what I'm do, saying
0: do you have a favorite drummer anybody that inspired all you all time yeah. I, I
1: mean I don't have a favorite drummer right now mm. I have favorite moments well, or somebody drummers, that maybe but
0: inspired you maybe heavy, heavy you influence
1: yeah. I would have to say Dennis yeah if it wasn't yeah, for yeah. Dennis I went through like a good 10 year span of just Dennis to where mm-hmm. it was like he was God to me.
0: Like, seriously, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. God
1: is God, but I mean, like yeah. it was like, yo, no, I feel you. This is like anything he was doing—the one hand sweeps. The, I had bought a double pedal, all of that. Anything yeah, he was yeah. doing, yeah, anything yeah. he was doing, I was trying to do it yeah, in man. church, beast. Like yeah. it was like cool. Whatever Dennis is doing, I'm doing. And then because Dennis liked Billy Cobham, that's why I went and started studying Billy Cobham. And right, and right, Tony right. Williams. It was like whoever they liked, that's who I liked. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah, then I started yeah. finding my own sound within gospel. It's like, okay, I'm getting older. Like there are gospel drummers who are killing like the Calvin Rogers, the Liddell Abrams, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? The Calvin nappers mm-hmm. all of those guys. Like even my local home heroes, the Gerald Haywards. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Gerald Hayward, the first pioneer to even do like come from the church and go hip hop. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, With Blackstreet. Yeah. He was one of the first guys from my era to do that so like that's what really opened the door for me to even want to be like let me step outside the church because i can it was already done Hmm. you know what i'm saying like jazz wasn't really my thing i could play it if i needed to but like hip-hop and r&b like i listened to that stuff and right gerald was the first cat i ever saw do that right 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 so it was like and then now to actually have a relationship with him it's like it, that's even 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 more great well that's like,
0: like i think the thing that's interesting is that you you obviously came up in an age where you mm-hmm. might have just been listening to hip-hop yeah been a thing. that's what it was yeah. i was listening to hip-hop pop
1: i liked in sync all yeah, of that type yeah, of stuff yeah. like that was my era black you know what i'm saying backstreet boys all of that the pop side of stuff and mm-hmm. then you know hip-hop that was 50 you mm-hmm. know what i'm saying all of that like that was my era. Like, I liked jazz a little bit, but I'm a kid, so you couldn't yeah, really just yeah, be yeah. like, yo, listen to this. It's yeah, like, yeah. I
0: don't like that. I'm still a kid. Like, But what's, it's, it's interesting, though, because obviously, um, just thinking about it, mm-hmm. obviously, you're coming from church, you're playing in church, and you're mm-hmm. around a lot of live music and live musicians and whatnot. But then obviously, a lot of hip-hop and pop music is kind of programmed. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's not always a lot of live drums in it. Right. But that still doesn't mean that you're not influenced by it. It doesn't, like... Influence the way you even play, maybe yeah. the way you even approach playing. You know what I'm saying?
1: I I approach the music like anything you ask me to play, mm-hmm. I would have to make it feel good. Yeah, yeah. So it was yeah. like I like to challenge myself. Like no matter what, I could play it. Like I could create a part.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, so, yeah.
1: I used to with the hip hop, the program stuff. Like that was even more a challenge for me because I majority of the stuff is either quantized mm-hmm. or not quantized. That's right. So that's it's right. like, how would I have to play it if it wasn't quantized? That's right. You know what I mean? How yeah. can I create that? Yeah, yeah. You know these yeah. old loops and stuff. How do you know? What I mean, because that's an art to that's be able right. to replay a unquad something unquantized. That's right. That's right. You know right. what I mean? So I used to just, I used to just challenge myself. Anything that I liked, I would just play it. And that's anything dope. I didn't like, I would still play it because I'm like, dang, what if I was on a gig and the artist really wanted to play this song?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, how
1: would I approach it? Yeah, yeah. I would just do that in my crib, and I would always create like a scenario to where I'm on a stage.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: If I was warming Seen up, or when, yeah, already, just huh? always <laughs> in my, just in my. Once I, you know, my my parents eventually moved, and I was able to have a situation to where in the house I could have drums.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: As I got older. I will always do that. Like, if you look at some of my covers that I had from back in the days, like, that was all in the basement. Like, anything <laughs> on YouTube, it right in my parents' basement. Wow, Like, from, like wow. 2013 and stuff, I went through a cover phase. I was like, let me just put wow. out some covers and stuff.
0: I'll tell you what's dope about that to me, too, is just that, like, just thinking about like loops, you know, mm-hmm. like thinking about playing a breakbeat or something like that. It's like a loop that might be used on a hip hop record that might be just one little part of another song where the drummer might have just fallen into that particular feel for that kind of like Four to eight bars or whatever, but it's like then that's now become a full song. So mm-hmm. it's like that drummer might not have been able to even play that whole. <laughs> song exactly, like but that. it's like it's like a happy accident. Yeah. But then that becomes a part of the way you kind of mm-hmm. play it and the way you kind of maybe approach some things that you play moving forward.
1: Yeah, it's like with drummers who do double pedal stuff. I will always try to do what they do on the double pedal with one foot right right, so it's like all right cool even though you're doing it with a double pedal i don't have a double pedal so i'm going to figure it out between one foot and the floor time and (laughs) it's just manipulating it but it's still what it is yeah
0: yeah you know the the
1: same kind of thing that's what i would just try to let my brain work like outside the
0: box yeah that's dope man so always so peep so 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 you're like 17 Mm mm-hmm Playing with fifty cent. Yeah. The biggest rappers of all time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh playing on the week were you so you were going to college
1: or you It was the year I graduated high school. You graduated high school. Going into college. So Did you th- go to college? I went to college for about two years. Right, right. For as long as I could. Then yeah. my schedule started getting crazy at the after that I started, you know, working with other artists. Sure. Started sure. working with Miguel. Mm-hmm. Um I started working with Rita Mm
0: -hmm. once she came
1: on the the U.S. side. Uh I would work with her sometimes. So my absence started tallying up more. I was doing my work. Yeah, yeah. But I just came into school one day. They said, listen, I was called in by the dean, guidance counselor, (laughs) everything. I'm like, what is going on? They're like, listen, you've surpassed the amount of absences in the first semester that you're allowed for the whole year. Wow. We can't physically pass you by the state. Right. So you're going to have to take a leave of absence, like withdraw. It'll look better than just... failing all your classes I'm like we can't work something out like I'm touring (laughs) with all these artists like you've never had a student like this I know you haven't like yeah and it was a great school like so
0: what were you Maroon 5
1: came out of the school I was studying audio Mm -hmm. engineering and music business so it was a
0: music college oh yeah okay great it's
1: uh, Five Towns College that's where uh, Maroon 5 came from that school Mm -hmm. um Cherise Michelle, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of musical, right? Uh, right a lot of musicians. Man. You know what I'm saying? But the I guess Reggie at Young. that
0: stage, if you're already doing what it is that yeah. you're going there to learn I how did, to I do I didn't it's understand
1: like, it. Like so, I just I I left. Mm-hmm. I had like forty something credits. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? Whenever I want to go back and finish online, I'll go back. Yeah. Once I left, I just started making more connections and yeah. getting more work. I started really touring. Then mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, I just I never finished it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I guess there's more people that are kind of leaving school with music degrees mm-hmm. or uh, different types of music degrees. But in our business, it's not something that's massively important. Like, right. it's not something that's asked of. It's not something that's really I'm, spoken I'm gonna about. I'm going to be
1: honest with you. The, the greatest thing I got out of the school was the connections I made with my friends right, from there. The right, majority right. of them are are, are either engineering your favorite artist right now, mm-hmm. touring on their own. I went to school with John Bellion. He's a very, wow. very big artist. Oh, like dope. We used to yeah, drink yeah. in dorm rooms or, wow. and play basketball. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of... One of my other friends, Barrington Hall, he's a great engineer out in L.A. Mm-hmm. Like, we made... I made great connections, and we work together now. Right. But as far as what I learned, I could have learned everything on YouTube. <laughs> I'm not going to hold you, man. Or yeah. from my friends, just being in the right atmosphere with people yeah. who are already doing it. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So I wouldn't say to get so bound up in school and oh, having, you know what i mean that's just for me personally but yeah, yeah. i more, more so went for the assurance of my parents sure like they wanted me to go to school it's like, yeah all right yeah. cool yeah i already they were driving me to my gigs and all of that they already knew what was going on but they still wanted me to have that sense of foundation and groundedness yeah but at the time when i was applying the 50 cent wasn't in the picture that happened literally like after graduation wow. summer wow <laughs> like wow. so fast so it was like that's when things kind of whoa
0: shifted wow Yeah. Wow. so you mentioned that you um obviously were doing some work with Rita Ora mm-hmm. so it just i was just thinking like so i know that you've worked with um quite a few british artists now. yeah you know what i'm saying uh-huh. like like by chance and i find that kind of um interesting obviously yeah. like do you um do you find it different working with UK artists as opposed to American artists?
1: I honestly, I feel like the appreciation for music in the U, for, with the UK artists is a little more. Really? Than in the US, yeah, I find One. that like they take more they they take more appreciation into just the overall scheme and the production of what's going on like of everything like, mm. not mm. so wrapped up into the artistry, they're more into the art. Right, right. That's what I get out of the UK and that's what I always appreciate even from just fest, even going to festivals, like from the fans too, like they're right. more into the art, just right. So that's what I love about working with UK artists. That's, honestly,
0: do you find it like in terms of like, um, do you find you have to adjust your playing style or pro- play differently? Is there anything um, musically different I, that the you the only find?
1: difference is. You're definitely gonna play a lot more electronics. <laughs> right. You're gonna right. play a lot more electronics yeah, with yeah. the with the UK artists yeah. as opposed to uh, the US artists. Well, depending on which US artists, mm-hmm. majority of US artists, but the UK artists and just the production of the UK is just built more so on the sound. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. the appreciation of the sound and yeah, and that's what I love. I, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love the music and making sure the sound and like the sonicness is is, yeah. is correct. Yeah, yeah, that's what the major differences it's just more
0: appreciation for the overall production to me mm, that's interesting and what about even like socially because I, I feel like obviously mm-hmm. like i'm somebody that obviously i've lived in the uk a long time but i'm not from the uk and i think there are kind of differences between i think all type of cultures mm-hmm. differences between people on the east coast and the west coast but how do you find it kind of interacting and working with people from the uk as opposed to yeah i mean it's smooth the only thing some the the only difference is the slang. <laughs> like the right, lingo right. like right, right, my right. lingo is
1: a little different the UK lingo is a little different so that you know the UK homies put me on to the new slang I put them on. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Just it's like it's the same just different. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. what I find like you know what I mean even when it like y'all got splits, we got blunts. <laughs> it's the same thing like <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, what I mean yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. same culture but Yeah. It's it's all love and that's that's the beauty of what I love finding that medium. Yeah, yeah, of, yeah. Of you know the we're all the way across the world, but we could still come together and make beauty and music and art and just culture, even off the
0: stage, just good energy. I think that, yeah, well, that's important. You know, I think that, like, I think obviously um, I think you bring a good energy to Mm -hmm. everything you do anyway, in my experience of you. And I know that um, I think what a lot of people don't understand, that that's, like, so important. That's half the battle, being able to get on with people and I guess being able to get on with people Different cultures, mm-hmm. um, different kind of backgrounds, all that. That's kind of. Do you find it, that's been important for you? Oh man, and like
1: I. That's one of the things I learned so early. It's like it. It really hit me one day on the tour. It's like, yo, I'm playing for maybe an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm on a two month tour. <laughs> two months, yeah. Maybe what twenty shows? Mm-hmm. So an hour, twenty shows. I'm only playing for that long, so the majority of my 10 time spent is
0: off the stage. Yeah, yeah.
1: You know what I mean? So that means my energy has to be on point, my personality has to be on point, my hygiene, my Mm -hmm. business, Mm -hmm. how I speak, you know what I mean, Mm -hmm. how I interact with everybody, Mm because that's really what's important. And then when I'm on the stage, it's not even about me. Nobody came to see Darius Woodley, (laughs) maybe a few people, you know what I mean, fans of mine who... Follow me through right, social media right, or whatever, of course, right. but it, my name's not on the ticket. Right. right unless it's right. my show. <laughs> you know exactly, what I mean? Of exactly. course, but, and the, we're talking about touring and musicians. Like, yeah, yeah. So it's like once you come to grasp with that, then you figure out, all right, as long as I do what I got to do on stage. Mm hmm, hmm then everything else has to match yeah, that yeah. and beyond. Yeah. Then yeah. that's how you keep the workflow going. Yeah, yeah, Because, yeah. you know, all right, oh, I remember that guy. Like, he was on time. He was he was punctual. Mm-hmm, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, and he, oh, you know what? And he killed the show. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. And he killed the show. Absolutely. Like, you Absolutely. know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. That's just the order of it. Yeah, Once yeah. I figured that out, I just made sure, like, I covered all the other areas mm-hmm. as well as I could. And still, you know, found my personality along the way in that and yeah, you know yeah. keeping myself genuine and organic yeah yeah and then the, the craft has already been worked itself for the years you that's, know right. I mean? like, that's, that's, that's right Like that's already what right. the process was for that's right so that's right. the work should just automatically like that's why you're called to get the job done so that's right you get everything that's right. else done that's what keeps your work flowing.
0: Yeah, it's so important. People mm-hmm. don't, a lot of people don't really <laughs> get that. You know, they think that it's simply about how good they play nah. or whatnot. And I'd be trying to, t- like, as an MD, sometimes I find people don't understand it's like we all have to leave our houses to be with people. Yeah. So it's like, I wanna work with people that I enjoy being exactly. around too. Do you exactly. know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, that you just enjoy the company. Yeah. Not necessarily, it's gotta be like, this, did you feel good being around? And if people don't bring the right kind of energy yep. to a project, Motherfuckers ain't gonna want to work yeah. with you. But, you know,
1: that when cats aren't in that position to actually, you know, put a situation together, they don't really sometimes see that light. It's like, when you've never had to really be a boss, you don't really know every aspect. That's why the best bosses, to me, are the ones who've done everything.
0: Yeah, because yeah. Because you
1: see how everything moves, so yeah. you cannot be sensitive to every aspect of the job. Yeah, yeah. And know how it's supposed to move and Absolutely. know who to
0: put where. Absolutely. And not,
1: because you've already done it, and help give input. Like, it's like, I would feel crazy going to my boss asking them about something about drums and they couldn't tell me how to get it done yeah like,
0: yeah yeah bro like I would
1: lose res- that's like <laughs> I'm kind of losing respect for you now <laughs> like you know what I mean just how so it's like absolutely it's absolutely. like you You gotta just be a student oh, guys don't understand how important being a student is I as far as God has allowed me to go I'm forever a student because mm-hmm. I see how much farther it is to go. Yeah, yeah, That's why, yeah. you know
0: what I mean, like yeah. No, no, no. That's that makes a lot of sense, <laughs> man. I tell you, and as I think as well. I think just even with regards to the um, the off stage stuff too. It's like mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of musicians sometimes don't understand that even just getting on with your your peers. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's not just about your MD or the manager, the tour manager. Because I've had situations to whereby you know, I might like a person. Yeah. I might like but like I noticed that other people in the band are just not getting on with this oh, dude. Yeah. You, know oh, like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? And it's like, you know what I'm saying? They might that's be why
1: you got to keep your energy right yeah. like you can't, I, I don't have grudges with cats. I'm not going to say, you know, like everybody. Of hmm. course there's going to be situations where you might not you know, you might not rock with somebody like that, but there's a way to keep things cordial. Absolutely. You know, like if you had to be in I keep it to where if I ever had to be in the work setting with somebody the job, I'm not gonna stop my work. My yeah, money. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I mean, yeah. that's when it's an issue when you put yourself in a position to where nobody wants to call you. Yeah, yeah. And you're stopping your money, then you gotta check yourself and check what you're doing.
0: So I'm just thinking too, <laughs> like, so you like from college? So obviously from like high school age touring internationally. That's another thing too, mm-hmm. because a lot of people. Don't get to travel. So yeah. you've been a traveling working yeah. musician. I'm on my third passport. I was about to say you must have a lot of stamps. Third passport, <laughs> <You must laughs> all fifty
1: six pages. The big boys. Wow.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Yeah, wow. man,
1: that's amazing. I started internationally touring, so. Because I really just started touching the States within the past three, four years.
0: That probably just, you know, you might not notice it, but that probably gives you a different kind of outlook than other people too, Mm because you've actually been to different places. You've been to Europe, you've been to Asia, you've been to wherever, you know. It's like, it's it's impossible to kind of travel like that and not open your eyes to different things and see things slightly differently. So how, like, obviously, I understand how you kind of got into the game and how you started doing things. How have you been getting your work kind of post that kind of 50 cents early reader or time whatever has mm-hmm. it just been word of mouth have you been like, what yeah, you, man, what you, like
1: everything has literally been <laughs> word of mouth mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like just all of the right connections that I've made over the years have just all been with people who have also been working just as hard as me mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. the higher they go the higher we all go like mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. called some of my best friends for situations mm-hmm. same way they call me for situations and projects which just happened to turn out to be projects that go for years Yeah, longevity yeah, yeah. Absolutely an like, uh, artist I'm Working with now uh, He's pretty heavy out here uh, A Boogie with the hoodie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a young rapper out here He's been going platinum Crazy I got wow. the call to work with him Like I'm gonna say 2016 2017 Wow He just had like One single out And now it's like 2020 Like we're uh, we he, He's already been All over the world Touring Wow Like we've been man. in the studio Worked on the album Next album that's about to come out Artist 2.0 Mm-hmm. Stream's going crazy. So it's like, and that's a good relationship that's been going over the years. Like another artist by the name of Lion Babe. Mm-hmm, I've mm-hmm. been working with them since 2015. Mm-hmm. Just consistently every year, just that's work. Yeah, every year, yeah. just keeping the relationship. And as they go up, the work increases just.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that's just, you know, artists that I've been growing with. Mm-hmm. Then along comes with that. You know, you get your more higher end artists like A-list artists. I've been blessed to work with Lauren Hill consistently. Wow jesse j um artists like miguel Mm -hmm. and it just always just comes back around some of my best friends like kojo said you just gotta be cool with your peers because you never know who's gonna need you like some of my best friends work with multiple artists as well so their workload is just almost as heavy as my workload the same way i'm able to call them to sub for me they call me to sub for them so we just you know Mm -hmm. because you don't want to ever put somebody in a position to hold you down To where the job is lacking. That's the worst position where, you know, you tell your boss, like, yo, I can't make it, but, you know, I got somebody who's going to do it, and then they come in, and then the job isn't done. That looks so bad on you. Absolutely. They don't even care about the person that you sent. Absolutely. It's you. So, it's like, I would never call somebody who couldn't get the job done. All the time. Just as good as me or better. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm that confident in myself to call somebody who's better than me to get the job done because... I've developed my relationship enough to know, you know, they respect me to not try to underhand me. That's where you gotta make sure all your areas are covered. Yeah, that's why cats don't be, you know, so big on calling people that's better than them to sub because they don't know how to cover their house. I'm just being honest know, with you. <laughs> <laughs> people
0: don't understand too, like that whole kind of like, that whole interaction is so important because you cannot do a gig, mm-hmm.
1: but benefit. Yeah. It's almost like you did to get. Because they 'Cause saying? they're gonna want to call you again. Yeah. And the next time it might be something that
0: you do, it might be something else. You mm-hmm. never you know I mean? so it's like it's so important and I think equally you have to be careful with that. It's like you can't necessarily be some people go, Oh, you know, put me on, put me on but it's like if you're not popping, if it's yeah. actually something you're actually able to do, if somebody goes and does something for you badly, it's like you did it badly. <laughs> exactly. exactly fucks you with. Yeah. Worse
1: yeah, it's like it's Worse Because then it's like The next time you need somebody To cover for you It's gonna be harder for you To You know what I mean If And it could be family or anything God forbid If it's a family emergency and You just can't do the gig yeah. They're gonna be looking at you crazy Cause they're gonna remember The last time you couldn't do the gig yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know <laughs> yeah. yeah But that's important just, Yeah I say to people like Listen There's
0: always gonna be situations things like that, But if you Just If you get somebody in That can cover you mm-hmm. Yep But like I've known people
1: That kind of like Things come up And they just go, Oh you know I can't do it they just, And they kind of Just leave it Oh yeah nah. Yeah co- Yeah Coverage is key That's what I've learned Like if you if As long as You gotta always Make sure you cover yourself If you yeah. can't do something You gotta make sure Somebody is there And I say to people Always you're in that <laughs> That's your job <laughs> Yeah and if, but like, I It's the MD's job To decide if he wants That person or not But it's your job To at least like okay. Yo you know what I mean? That's all. That's me. Like, no, you're right, though. Cause I say to people a lot of the time, like, so, like, I think a lot of motherfuckers
0: sometimes they be lazy, mm-hmm. right? So it's like they can't do something and they'll just kind of back out. They're like, oh, and I'll be like, do you want me to get somebody or do mm-hmm. you want to get somebody? And now people that got their head screwed on, they'll be like, no, let me get somebody. Yeah. And they'll get their own person and then they'll make sure that that person has everything they need, mm-hmm. they know comes in, there's nothing but, but exactly. if you leave it and you're like, oh yeah, no you s you, you you figure it out. I might get somebody that I like more. Yeah. Because I might be mad at the fact that you just kinda left me in the fucking hole. Yeah. <laughs> without somebody to <laughs> cover
1: the shit. See yeah, see one thing about here in the US that's we're big on that culture. Like coverage culture, like yeah. we're big on that. Like that's one thing that I like. It's a real big brotherhood yeah. I mean uh, as far as the drummers community is concerned, that's that's because I hear horror stories about the guitar community and <laughs> I'm just saying, I hear yeah <laughs> there's a there's a heavy drummers union, shout out to the drummers, you know what I'm saying? But uh, yeah, like we really hold it down, man. We make sure you know what I mean like <laughs> I think that's you know. <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> real. Something that people need to know, man. If you can't do something, make sure that you get somebody to cope, yeah, man. You, you make that your responsibility yeah. to to look after that because mm-hmm. that's Mm -hmm. and your kind of professionalism and also your ability to keep gigs and work and whatnot exactly to keep it flowing exactly yeah
0: because it's like you know i just i've just i i kind of grew up in that culture where it's like you did you didn't want nobody else to do your show yeah you really didn't so if it actually came to that you made sure it was somebody that you trusted Mm -hmm. wasn't gonna try and take your gig Mm -hmm. you also made sure that Everything was taken
1: care of, but, like, I have come across a lot of situations where now people are just like, oh, yeah, I can't do it. Um, if you can find somebody, I'm like, what? Oh, okay. Yeah, like, I don't think I've ever even said something like that, bro. It's like, I'm, man, any instrument. Who who do you, I'm the first one to help help somebody out, bro. Even if I don't even play guitar, it's like, I could help you out, man. Like, yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, that's the type of person you want to be because you add more value to yourself. And that's what it's all about, being able to add value to every situation. Yeah. To so the max that you can Is deeper than just Doing what you do Whether it's an instrument Or you gotta be able to add Multiple value Absolutely. That's how you work 100%. That's what I've learned Yeah yeah mm-hmm. no, I see that man That's dope Um, And also So I'm just thinking now About
0: you kind of like Gigging Touring Working It's your thing mm-hmm. and Doing multiple different artists Do you have A particular
1: style Of gig you like to do mm-hmm. particular You know Is there anything you like more like Yeah like, what, I love R&B I love, I love to produce R&B, I love to do R&B shows, like, I just love R&B music, like, any R&B artist, like, uh-huh. I love it, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, that's my thing. And how do you approach um, a gig when it's kind of maybe something you don't like so much, <laughs> like as, a, as, as a musician? For me? Yeah. Or, or do you just pass, you know, like, how do, how do you deal with that? I mean, well, what you mean as far as, like, the style of music? Yeah, like I've 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 passed on gigs. Before. Yeah, trust me. Don't get me wrong. I'm it's sure definitely that. been gigs I've passed on. But I mean, if it's like a gig that might be paying well, mm-hmm. and not necessarily like the music, mm-hmm. I still make the best of it because yeah. I'm I'm being professional. Yeah, like at, yeah. at the end of the day, I have to be professional. If I took that job, mm-hmm. I'm going to be as professional as I can be. I'm not going to show like I'm not feeling this music. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah. try to you know give it as much life as I can. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, to the yeah. best of my ability.
0: Yeah, yeah. And obviously, okay, so. In terms of like, is there any other kind of styles of music that you really enjoy mm-hmm. playing that me, me, people play, yeah. don't know? Like, like Afrobeat. Afrobeat? Yeah. Wow. I okay. actually
1: work with an artist by the name of Rotemi. Uh-huh. Um, he's an Afrobeat artist. hmm uh, I haven't been able to do A lot of shows this year With him just because Of my scheduling So a lot of my friends Have been covering mm-hmm. But um, I have a lot of, I have a couple dates Coming up this year That actually really was My first Afrobeat situation Actually having to really play I've been listening to it uh-huh. But actually having to play With the different syncopations And where the kick is placed And yeah. the claps Like that yeah. was almost a, It was a challenge for me Luckily we had like A week of production rehearsals Yeah yeah Like yeah. I was only For one little show too So I'm like cool This is good I can iron out some kinks I never really had to Play this shit yeah, like, yeah. but it was really fun. So, like, I really like playing Afrobeat, and he has like an R and B feel too with it too. So it was like, dope, it's like like a cool, cool mixture, like on some DeVito type stuff. Yeah, yeah, cool. that's yeah. dope. That's it's really actually Dre from Power. Oh, um, okay. wrote Timmy. He's a, he's an artist. Okay. So yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That's nice, man. I there that's like I know a few people that maybe I guess not with this kind of. More modern Afrobeat thing, but I know a lot of dudes who are very much into I say African music as a whole, mm-hmm. and it's really interesting. Like you know all the different time signatures, yes, all the different ways of playing, and then also as well, it's like people tend to think about African music a lot of time. They think about oh, West that like you know Nigerian, you know se- music from Senegal, mm-hmm. Ghana, Nigeria, but people don't think about you know like. Ethiopia Right You know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. The South African music There's so many different types Of kind of Afro And and the African music To kind of like drums are from Africa Like that's the culture So it's like You know what I mean
1: Like It was was so much It was refreshing for me To actually play that music Mm -hmm. Like for real For real So hopefully you know He has more shows and stuff I've actually been producing More Afrobeat stuff too So it's cool
0: Right right So okay (laughs) So I um you mentioned that now. Yeah. and Obviously, we spoke earlier about the fact that you kind of coming through a lot of producers mm-hmm. and that kind of side of things. Um, so is that something that you're interested in, production? Obviously, mm-hmm. I know you as a, as a player, but are you also interested yeah. in producing? And-
1: yeah, definitely. I've been producing uh, more heavily like the past two, three years. hmm uh, the end of 2019, I got my first like major placement with an artist uh, by the name of Davie's.
0: I think I was there when you got that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah, <laughs> I think I remember. So you. yeah, I got a placement by the name of uh, artist name of Davie's signed to Def Jam mm-hmm, by the mm-hmm. way, Universal and everything. So that was like my first placement. Mm-hmm. And I've been working with other artists, you know, mm-hmm. working with a few different writers. So I've been definitely molding myself more to transition into you know producer as well, not just musician.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because that's
1: it's it's hard sometimes for musicians to get respect. As a producer, because you get called in so much to just play, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean. Musicians take work for higher fees and all of that, so you don't necessarily get respect with Mm. credits as you know production. So I'm trying to pave a way to where you know it's easier for musicians to get more respect as producers because we're with the artist so much. You
0: know what I mean. So so in the long term, do you see yourself moving into production and maybe playing less? Definitely. Wow. Yeah. Definitely and do you, and hopefully orchestrate in more, you know, situations. Sure, sure, sure. That, yeah. And do you think that, that's the, what you just said is, I find very interesting because um, I, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And do you, so, so you would say that um, you feel people have a different perception of musicians and producers?
1: Yes, totally. It's a total, it's a total different level of respect. Hmm. Total hmm. different level Why of respect. Why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's just the way clout, is clout, the way the, in, the industry is set up because the way like, it's just a whole different system. Like, producers, just the way the presentation is, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? With labels and everything, it's just a whole different presentation. Like, you can have a beat, you know what I'm saying? It's happening. Musicians send a beat to artists or whatever, it'd be fire. Mm-hmm. But just because of the way it was presented, like, yeah a producer who has his manager or whatever somebody from the label sent it ah, 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 because they produced on this such and such album and got credit with that album and did this and got these platinum records Yeah, yeah. they're gonna go with that because of the name and they need it
0: that's right that's you know right. what I mean so it's that's like right. the
1: level of respect it's like you got a musician in your band who could make five million of those tracks way <laughs> right. better, right? But right, you are going right. to go with that, yeah, just because yeah. of the clout,
0: yeah. You know yeah. what I
1: mean? It's like I am just tired of seeing that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I really am. Like, I, this, that's something that kills me, man. No, like. no, I feel <laughs> you. But you know, it's
0: interesting because I talk to a lot of musicians about this because it is. It's like you said. It's very much. It's a perception thing. Yeah. So, like, whether the musician has the actual ability to produce, or more so than the actual producer or not. It's because they're seen as, okay, all you do is what people tell you to do. Exactly. And the producer is seen as like, oh, this person's a creator and yep. this and that and whatever. Da, yeah. da, da. So they feel like naturally, well, that person's, what they do is going to be yeah. better than what the musician is. Sometimes
1: does. you get stuck into a world. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just how people perceive yep. you. But like you said, it doesn't mean that you can't do... Um, what the producer can't do but by the same token i think that even within the producer world um because that's my back my background is production i only moved into this side of things maybe 10 12 years ago wow i didn't know that that's fine yeah yeah, that's what (laughs) i spent my first 20 years of my career doing but it's like the whole thing is that like you know even as a producer you can be a dope producer but even still Unless you're a producer with a particular name or particular track record, mm-hmm. it's still going to be like, yeah, but we need that track from that person yeah, that just had that hit, exactly. or whatever. So it's like it's it's still you're still always fighting those barriers. But I've known I've seen this scenario many many a time when there's band that are with the artist to get to know the artist really well, and mm-hmm. you know they're just just by nature of. Um, being together a lot they'll be jamming on stage and they like shit no that's dope and it's always like oh let's get in the studio let's mm-hmm. get but then when it gets to that there's always like a little barrier to mm-hmm. like mm, yeah it's no. so always let's create it and then alright
1: yeah let's send it to this producer alright <laughs> we send it to him and then he adds like one or two things and then he takes like 35% yeah, yeah something yeah, like that yeah. it's like what <laughs> why are you even sending it to him like yeah, let's work yeah. let's just finish it like yeah, yeah. you know what I mean it's like yeah. I just feel like musicians can just get a lot more respect when it comes to the production of records. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just work for hire, man. Certain if you're if you're qualified.
0: I think that the the reality of it is that producing a record is um it's a different thing than making a beat. Mm-hmm. And it's Definitely. A, and it's a different thing than kind of creating an idea. Mm-hmm. And I think that um by nature of playing music, sometimes people assume that they can actually make music too Definitely, and they might not be able to, Mm -hmm. but where people do have the attributes to do that and have the kind of, I'd say the kind of the ears to hear things on a wider level, I think it's just a case of pursuing that Mm -hmm. more and more and developing that and then transitioning into a place to whereby you can then present that. But, you know, it is, the presentation of it is a funny thing because I've learned over the years that when people see you one way it's very hard for them to see you another yeah, way. It know what is. I mean? You
1: got to like totally like reprogram your whole brand or whatever yeah. it is. It's like, it's crazy. Well, cause, cause it's so stuck into the way that they see you.
0: Well, I think it's also as well. It's like, everybody's cool until you ask them for something mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like and and like when you might be you might you might just be hey check this beat out and they're like oh okay now you ask me for something mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> and, true. And, 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 and the whole energy switches and it's like well no it could be good for both of us but they're like yeah nah nah whereas it's like when they might be going to it but it's like well i'm going to that person because i know what they do and mm-hmm. i want some so it's like it's just hard to kind of cross those barriers yeah. i think but it's just like I think it's just through work and time. And, and also, I also think that it's more about, you know, obviously, if you can get on a great project with somebody you're working with, that's one thing. But I just think it's so important for creators to create their own projects yeah. and bring things to market. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So it's like you might be playing for somebody, but then you might find somebody and develop somebody that could be bigger than the person that you're playing with. You know, exactly. It's just a pro- it might just be a six-month thing. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying yeah it's nothing like finding
1: that artist that you grow with mm-hmm. and create that sound together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like that how Bryson Tiller came out
0: was just crazy like yeah. he had like
1: one or two producers like and just his whole thing was just went
0: crazy yeah yeah and like, then when you're doing that you're not waiting for nobody yep you know mm-hmm. which is like another thing but yeah that's dope that you're doing more and how do you find time to kind of produce and write when you're yeah. obviously like touring a lot and yeah I mean and
1: basically whenever I'm not on the stage <laughs> mm-hmm I'm. I got a setup with me at all times. Like I'm in either my house. I got a whole setup. So when I'm not in rehearsal or if I'm not in on tour, mm-hmm. I'm in the house. I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm working on records. Wow. That's you know dope. what I mean. I have writers, friends that come over. Mm-hmm. You know they write, send records out to different artists. You know, mm-hmm. pitch records that way. I have artists that working on their own projects. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna eventually be working on my own projects. So I work on my own ideas as well. So like whenever I'm not on the stage mm-hmm. or not doing something with my family or anything. I'm in front of my My computer
0: Wow that's dope At all times
1: <laughs> So do you Do you play other instruments I play piano as well Okay dope yeah. Dope dope Yeah I, I see actually, you doing Some fire
0: yeah. shit On, on Instagram <laughs> I see you playing I'm like okay And that's
1: That's cause of church right. my, uh, At my my dad's church uh, The organist had sickle cell Oh wow okay. So uh, he used to miss A lot of Sundays Like it would just be Random You know, one every once in a while, we just wouldn't know what days he wouldn't come because he would just be so sick. Like amazing organist, Uh uh but just he would just have days where he just couldn't make it because you know how that is. Yeah, sickle cell anemia. So I just started developing, learning how to play. My Mm -hmm. my dad played a little bit, so he would just always play whenever, like you know, Mm -hmm. whenever he the organist wouldn't make it and just preach, and then I would just you know try to mess around, and I just started learning out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. My little cousin. Who's a great drummer in New York now? Shout out to my cousin Chase Harper. You know, <laughs> dope, he just dope. started coming up after me, so he ended up playing at the church, and I just started learning how to play keys. I had to play keys for like three years. Wow! So that's wow. how I developed learning how to play it. You know, I just it just always stuck with me.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I'm just
1: strong enough to play for production and stuff. So
0: dope, dope. Yeah. But do you feel like um, playing another instrument and producing mm-hmm. and putting like a lot of in? time into that do you feel that helps you as a musician oh definitely
1: yeah because it helps you for me it helps me to hear like the total aspect of the music Mm -hmm. like i'm not just listening to one thing like i'm not just listening to the drums i want to hear every part i'm listening i honestly listen to the keyboard part first Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i want to listen to the to the chord structure and everything that was, that's going on mm-hmm. before I learned the the drum part. Yeah, yeah. Because it's yeah, like, all right, yeah. if I learn the melody and the the chords where everything's going, I know how it really flows. Yeah, and yeah, why yeah. the pattern, why the drum pattern is what it is. Right, right, right. And then everybody's part. So I feel like musicians who take that approach are sometimes a little more musical mm-hmm. than the than the average.
0: No, I I agree. I think that it's important. I always mm-hmm. tell tell people like people say, oh, what type of drummer do you like, or what type of guitar? And, and it's like I said, I like musicians, mm-hmm. and the instrument they play is kind of irrelevant to yep. me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like what I mean by that is it's like. I like people to have a musical ear because we're kind of you're working with other people and it's very easy for sometimes people to get kind of too kind of locked into what just playing. Just playing what they want to play and it's not really it's not really about that. You're trying to do something it's a team. Like I'm I'm I'm
1: the type that'll learn everybody's part. That's dope. That's interesting. I'll know when everybody's missing the part. (laughs) I'll know when I'm missing my part and I know when everybody else is missing their part. I can't help it. It's like bro, you just missed your whole part. Like Like everybody hates me, but they love me. It's yeah, like, yeah, and it, yeah. it honestly, it makes everybody's level come up because it's like, all right, let's all get on point. It's like, you know, know what I mean? Like, like on some Jordan and Scotty type, a hundred percent. I mean, we're all coming in professional. Let's let's knock it out, a hundred percent.
0: Like that's great. I feel to like, like able- everybody should know everybody's part. That's great to be able to hear yeah. that, though, because I don't think everybody has that skill. I know for a fact I didn't have that skill because, wow. like, when I used to when I used to play. On gigs and and gigs I was playing MD like I'm just pl- I'm playing like mm-hmm. don't get me wrong I'm listening to everything I but I definitely wouldn't have a complete awareness of everybody else's yeah. parts and that's one of the reason um, when I started working more as an MD that's one of the reasons why I transitioned to working outside of a band mm-hmm. outside of the band because you know my head is more production and being able to hear the overall thing so it's like I find it easier. To hear what's going on mm-hmm. when I'm listening, as opposed yeah. to when I'm playing too. So being able to know do that, while but you're I'm playing, not gonna lie. Don't... The
1: only reason I did that was so I could know like what spots I could take.
0: <laughs> it's like all right, I know where everybody's at. You don't play shit here. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <It's> yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah right, cool. I'm gonna
1: take this spot. Yeah, and yeah. The artist ain't really doing shit here, so I'm gonna take this little spot. Yeah, because yeah. it's all about the spots and the placement. That's what I learned. Everybody would always tell me like, "Yo, your placement, your spots." Mm-hmm. So I just pick real sensitive spots. Yeah, yeah. But I make yeah. sure it's meant and felt. Yeah. You know what I mean? If but, I was, but in the most part it's going to lock in. Yeah, but that's well, what's yeah, up though. <laughs> but
0: this but it's about listening. Yeah, that's the whole that's thing. It's key. not just about playing, it's exactly. about listening too. It's yeah. kind of like it's more important to be a good listener sometimes than mm-hmm. a good player. Like good I
1: was never the type to get the music and like it's like how we have rehearsal, I'll never be the type to go and like lock in and sit on my drums and mm-hmm. practice it mm-hmm. beforehand. We yeah. get here. I'm going to sit in my room and listen to it for mm-hmm. at least 2 to three hours Mm -hmm. before i even touch the instrument that's interesting i was never that type of person like because i have to get it inside of me and dissect it first Mm -hmm. before i could even apply anything if it's not registered Mm -hmm. in my mind in my mental and in my heart where everything is when i go to apply it i won't really know what i'm applying because i didn't really listen to it yeah yeah so that's key like listening is key yeah i agree with you bro
0: no, that's great, man. I mean, mm-hmm. how old are you now?
1: I'm 27. I just turned 27. just turned 27? Yeah.
0: Oh, wow. In October. That's, that's dope, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's dope. Well, happy belated birthday. <laughs> Thanks, man. But yeah, it's like, for me, it's like, I think it's interesting for people to realize that's like, you know, you're you're a young man, you're a young player, but like, you already are talking and it's just like 15, 20 years mm-hmm. of like, grind and kind of, like, application yeah, and, um, you know, hard work and dedication, which has gone into kind of, like, because people sometimes see people getting gigs and doing it, and they think, oh, they just got this because they know, mm-hmm. oh, they just got this. They don't realize how much yeah. people have gone through and how much actual application it takes. They think you just jump on the stage and just do a little beat and it's mm-hmm. easy. But I kind of try to remind people that, like, if somebody makes something look easy, mm-hmm. it's because they've obviously spent a lot of time, time beforehand to make it seem like it's an easy thing to do, mm-hmm. Saying mm-hmm. because it's not, you no. know, what I'm saying? I, yeah, not at all, it's mm-hmm. not easy, but I put the hours, yeah, in. yeah, 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 hours <laughs> No, that's great, man. are so still w- putting the hours in. So, what would be like, I got a question for you, actually. I'm just thinking, like, um, so you got all these other things you want to do, mm-hmm. all these type of um, different projects, avenues, which I could definitely see you going down. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's say you had one more gig, one more dream gig, one world tour, yeah, you know what I'm saying couple years yeah, I was just talking to my friend about yeah. this too. Yeah, who would that what would that look like? Who would that be right now mm-hmm. for me? Mm-hmm. If I just
1: had to it was if it was like one more and that's it. Mhm. I would want to do the Travis Scott gig.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. just me personally yeah. like I've done yeah.
1: so many different gigs. I've done every genre like yeah, I yeah, yeah. I would just want to go out like that.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. how I would
1: want to go out. <laughs> Alongside really? Mike Dean. Yeah, yeah. With Travis Scott. Uh-huh. Every night. Wow. <laughs> like that. <laughs> That would be fire. I feel though. like that would be epic. Yeah, yeah, and yes. it would be legendary, man. Just yeah. figure out the sound design, everything. Figure out the mix between the symbols and just the hybridness. Yeah, I feel yeah, like yeah. I would just lock in. I would. I, that's what I would want to do. Wow. And that's honestly, I'm trying to figure out how I can <laughs> do it. So you know, <laughs> Kojo, you just got the sneak drop. I'd love to see. It. I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. For real. That would, be,
0: oh, that would be. crazy. Yeah, bro.
1: bro. Yeah, I want to do that. Yeah, Travis yeah. Scott, man. Amazing. I like
0: Travis Scott's music. Yeah, no, he's a a genius, man.
1: But on the more professional, I mean, that is professional, but, I mean, you asked me, that's what I like. Yeah, no, no, but I
0: think think that it's important, you know, it's it's important to kind of, like, to know what you want, and also, I feel like visualization in life is important anyway, Mm -hmm. but also, like, you know, even something like that, like, even approaching a gig, like, okay, how would I do a gig like that? Yeah, because he's never
1: had a drummer, ever. It's only been Mike Dean, so it's like to to be able to approach it in a way that where an artist who's so anti-drums accepts it. That's
0: right, that's right. It's like, yeah. Well, this is kind of like, this is a thing. Yeah, you know know what I'm saying? Because
1: people have to understand. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. No, (laughs) no,
0: because it's real though. Like a lot of like, I think that like, what I think is interesting and it kind of goes back to some of the shit we said earlier, it's like you come up in an area where where you've been listening to it, there's a lot of programmed drums. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of whatever. So it's like a lot of, artists these days they actually don't have a relationship or an understanding of live drums. Exactly. They actually don't. Of like they they live mu they don't. So they can't mm-hmm. really visualize yeah. or imagine how their stuff would sound with a band.
1: Certain artists don't like symbols. They don't like, like Kanye does not like symbols, bro. No, I <laughs> like crashes. Listen. He hates them. Yeah. So how hard would that be, like for real? Yeah. I hear what you're saying.
0: Yeah, and it's but I think I think it then becomes the responsibility of um the um the musicians and the people whose job it is. Like obviously I work in live music now and mm-hmm. my job is to basically transfer a recorded piece of music into a live piece of music mm-hmm. and make that shit work yeah. on, in that context. And they both live in different spaces yeah. and they have different rules, but they cross. And it's like, and it's important to find the right balance mm-hmm. of things that to make it kind of work in the live arena. And I think that there's still some things that can, I think that there's just still things that can be done. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like people <laughs> think, oh, well you can't do it, but that's not the case. Yes, it's exactly. just about figuring out, the way I'm picking that locket and finding the way you do it. Yep. And like and, and and it's like if the right person does it the right way, it's it's gone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's so you, like, like you understand what i Oh, saying. hell yeah. Because <laughs> like, yeah. it yeah. hasn't been done yet. You know what right. I mean? That
1: way. And it's like to do that, that's pretty it's Yeah. Monumental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially absolutely. in the generation we live in now.
0: Yeah. yeah that's the one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, man. Um it's been a pleasure, man. It really, oh, man. really. has Likewise, but, man. I'm so, real. I'm so glad we got a chance to chop it up. Yeah, man.
1: We got to um, do part two, man. When oh, I, 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 hopefully, I get to the UK soon. I got to pull up on you, man. Oh,
0: absolutely, <laughs> yeah. man. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I just like, as I said, I, I um. I've been fortunate enough to kind of work with different people in different places, and I wanted to make sure that, like, you know, it's just great to talk to people that Mm -hmm. have different kind of angles, different backgrounds, different stories, different type of musicians, different type of artists, whatever. And I think it can all help all of us as kind of musicians yeah, and artists and creators and writers or whatever. And I think that the more understanding everybody has about what mm-hmm. everybody does, it's just, it just, it's just important knowledge for everybody. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? I would hope that, I think there's so much that you've said that it's going to be a value to all different types of people, man. man. So, um, yeah, man. Thanks a
1: lot, man. Thanks yeah, for having me.
0: All good. All good. And yeah, we'll, we'll get up soon, man. I, I actually look forward to, um, a chance of us actually being able to work together properly on something because everything yeah. that we've done has just been like, um, just a little quick, quick in and out, quick TV quick in and, yeah, out, and out, and that's yeah, that's not really they don't, uh-huh. they, yeah, timing is everything, yeah. You can really get in there and who get, knows? get dirty with it, yeah. maybe it'll be Travis, who knows? <laughs> listen, listen, this is what I'm you never know, man. This yeah. Is, yeah. I, mean, hey. I have a tendency to speak things from the atmosphere,
1: so I, <laughs> listen, you never know, man. Yeah. I'm trying to tell you, yeah. I yeah. feel like that, man. absolutely. Yeah. All right, much love, brother. yes, sir.
0: Sure. Hope you enjoyed that episode. Definitely a throwback to a time when you could get in the room and talk to somebody face to face. But alas, we keep it moving, regardless. In the next episode, I'll catch up with Lily Karasic. She's a trumpet player from the north of England who in addition to her many solo projects has collaborated with people such as Camila Cabello and George Ezra look out for it